Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Glass. The media gathering at Suns practice was so large on Tuesday that it created an audible hum in the lobby of their training facility. It got to the point where people working upstairs asked if we could kindly pipe it down. And according to a veteran who's never missed a day on the beat, that has never happened before. So yeah, welcome to a new day in Phoenix. Welcome to an unprecedented era in Valley basketball because we've never seen this before. We've had Barkley and Marley. We've had National Amari, we've had Jay Kidd and Penny Hardaway, and we've had Book and CP3, but we have never had two legitimate superstars suit up for the Suns at the same time, and now we do. And three games into the KD experience, things are going even better than we expected. As a result, there's great symbolism and power and anticipation in tonight's debut. We've all seen how easy two superstars can make it look, and Tonight is our night to flex for fans in attendance to impress KD, to show the new guy what we're all about. In other words, it's going to get loud. But remember, loud is just noise. Loud is just sound. It is the emotion and the energy behind the noise that matters. And tonight, that feeling is going to be special. It's the growing belief that our buzzard's luck is finally changing and there ain't no stopping us now. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Anytime you play a game, you want to win. So that, from that perspective, we're happy about it. But there's also some things that we, we need to uh, get better at. And I wouldn't grade it because I don't, you know, I don't know how to grade in those. I mean, you want to win, but we still have a ways to go as far as making the right coverage adjustments quick. We're not there yet. Um, offensively, because of the shot making, probably looks better than it really is. And so you're always trying to tweak it to get it to a place where it's more efficient. So I, I, I just I still think we're a work in progress. It's Monty Williams, head coach. Coach of the Suns practice yesterday. You could hear it going on in the background, talking about what he's seen through the first three games of uh, his team with Kevin Durant on the floor. Shot making probably a little bit easier than it's going to be. Uh, still adjustments to be made defensively. Kevin Durant, by his own admission, Bick had said, "Look, there's a couple plays in these games that I, I haven't I haven't known very well. I didn't know what to do, uh, but the results are what they are. They've won three games. Um, they've beaten two also ran teams in the East." Conference. They beat a team that's been a thorn in their side in the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're a young and up-and-coming up team. They're playing for playoff positioning, too. They're mm-hmm. coming off a win last night at home against Golden State where they hung almost 140 on the Warriors. This is not a pushover team coming in no. here tonight, so it's another another stiff test. And I'll be I can't it's one of those games, Bick, I can't wait for it to get here because we waited so long for it. But I also in the grand scheme of things, I want it to be over with too, because I want the Suns to move or, and Kevin Durant and everybody to be able to move past this this novelty and really, really concentrate on the task at hand, which is getting ready for a playoff run. Sound like that sounds like something a basketball coach would say. You're looking forward to getting it done? Yeah. Really? I, I, I'm looking forward to both. I'm looking forward to seeing it happen, but okay. I also want it in the rear view. Okay. 
I would have preferred, hey, if Kevin Durant played that home game right after the All-Star break, like we all expected him to, and ESPN expected him to, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. So, right. you know, it got prolonged a little bit. Here we are a month after the trade, but yeah, yeah. I think it'll be good well, once this is this is over with. Okay, so, all right, so so you think that tonight, it's, this is more of an artificial event. This is something that's more distracting than, that it's more of a us creation than actually a big occasion. Uh no, not necessarily saying. I could see why you would ask that um, because you know you can't separate the fan element to all of yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, is, it's like no one says, "Oh, I can't wait till the Super Bowl is over so we can focus on something else." I've heard people say that. Have want to focus on the off season? <laughs> Usually, okay. it's the teams that went okay, six and eleven okay. are, right, are well, saying maybe, that. Maybe um, it's not. No, there's nothing artificial about this from the fan standpoint. They've been waiting, mm-hmm. and we talked about the hunger, the desire yeah. that this fan base has to win a championship, and this might be just another one of those tiny steps on the way. Um, and I think you know it, it, it might lead to a little bit of an artificial increase in the emotion tonight, but I think it's up to the Suns, the guys in the uniforms, to overcome that. And 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 move past it. I, I think I think kind of I, I'm thinking completely differently about this okay. about this game and this event. What what I think this is about is I think this fan base, particularly the people who have been to Footprint Center in the last two and a half years, have grown very skeptical of this basketball team based on what we experienced in last year's playoff. Mm-hmm. The Pelican series was jarring enough that that went as long as it did, and that Maverick series was just an abject, outright disaster. For a lot of different reasons, including a lot of unsolved mysteries, including a code of silence between Jay Crowder and his teammates about an incident, incidents that will never be spoken of. So there, there was, and then we've had what we saw this year, as you accurately diagnosed, as really being an up and down kind of season. There were moments when you felt great about this team pre Kevin Durant, and there were moments when you were like, "Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. That looks a lot like last year's playoff to me." So. Well, I think there was a lot of skepticism and a yes. lot of growing, growing belief that this team ain't going to do it. Yeah. This team is not built to win a championship. And so I think that what tonight's going to be is the fans kind of reacting and shedding all that skepticism and going back to the full-on loving that marked most of this, this team's relationship with yeah. the town. What we do know about this, and, and a lot of Suns fans aren't going to want to hear this, I don't necessarily want to say it, but there's truth to it. And I think there's truth to it in every fan base. But the Suns fan base, is got it's got a lot of front runner in it. We've experienced it. When the Suns in 2017, 2018 were winning 19 games, there wasn't a whole lot of buzz about the Phoenix Suns. You had the diehards in there that were there. And I'm not saying people mm-hmm. jumping on the bandwagon is a bad thing. But I think this is another one of those opportunities for, and you hit on it, the, the 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 growing skepticism among this fan base because it wasn't long ago on this very show we were talking about what kind of psychological effect will all of these blowout losses have on mm-hmm. this team moving forward out. when they were less than whole from a roster standpoint I blasted on that a few times yeah. they had like double digit losses of of just crazy yeah, down by defeats. down by forty down by forty five yes. it was it was happening yes. on a semi regular basis it was those days are over but this is another 
another opportunity for those fans to re-engage and get all in because yeah. they love the pursuit of a championship, they love a party, and all of those things are coming together starting word, tonight. Yeah, the word I would use for tonight, to me, it feels like reignition. That's the word that I kind of settled on. That's what it feels like to yeah, me. I like that. A fan base that it is that has been here but kind of was losing its faith yes. a little bit. Not enough to disappear and stop cheering for the Suns, um, like I think a lot of people have done with the Cardinals uh-huh. at the moment. Yeah. You talk about a front-running town, it affects everybody yeah. in the city. But again, it's not it, that, that's not exclusive to Phoenix. No, that is no, very much no. the sports fan psychology in a lot of cities, it's not a, all of it's them. It's very much a West Coast well, scenario. That, that too. Right. Uh, the Madness tips off next week, and with it comes your chance to win the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks. Presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text BUCKS to 620-620 to sign up. Receive your bracket. Compete for your shot at over $3,000 in prizes. If you register before Sunday, you will be entered to win a $200 gift card courtesy of Mavericks in Scottsdale. Once again, that's Bucks to 620-620 to get entered. Coming up next, won't be all smooth sailing. There are still some challenges ahead for the Phoenix Suns. We'll get into some of those potential pitfalls next. Spickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 3-0 and oh since taking the court as a Phoenix Suns player. Here's Durant getting loose. He'll try the three and by the three. Averaging 26 points, 7 boards, 3.7 assists in those three games. Durant, he dribbles quickly to his left, goes to the rim and dunks it with his right hand. Bickley and Murata talk KD's first home game with the Suns now. There's still challenges, I think, for Monty Williams and his team, but I think KD's fit has been seamless. I still wonder about their depth, and I still wonder about them defensively, you know, who they'll be, because they have to make a lot of improvement. And also, like, you know, the scheme is going to be, you know, making CP3. Like, CP3 is going to have to make big plays down the stretch because you're going to limit everything that KD and Devin Booker do, which is going to leave it to the traditional point guard to make things happen. And if CP3 can deliver, then it'll be worth the championship run. It's Jay Williams from ESPN Radio on with Wolf and Luke yesterday for his weekly visit on the challenges that still could lie ahead for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, let's tackle these. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been talked about a lot. We've talked about them a lot. But there still seems to be this narrative, Bick, that the Suns' depth is not great. And then on the flip side, everybody says, well, depth doesn't, doesn't matter. really matter because you're going to play. We just talked to Brian Windhorst. You're going to play seven or eight players in, in the postseason anyway. Your thoughts on the depth? Yeah, I, it doesn't matter. Uh, again, this is uh, this is really honestly one of my biggest takeaways so far is, is how unbelievably uh, quick all of the Suns' issues have disappeared with the arrival of Kevin Durant. And that's not to say that they weren't legitimate issues. I'm just here to say that they now have something that every other team they play is going to have to pick their poison and hope for the best. And 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 the tables have kind of been flipped a little bit here. And and so I it, depth does not bother me at all. What the only there's two things about the Suns in in their current iteration that I wonder about. If they get into three point shooting uh, into games, high scoring games, of teams that shoot the three ball really well, mm-hmm. Suns don't really. Do do that and it's the three for two exchange you can you can dig yourself a hole that you can't get out of in the NBA playoffs we saw that a little bit against Dallas yeah I think that's a legitimate concern and I've thought about that as well too and I think we were seeing it unfold to a certain degree 
Sunday at certain points of that game. Mm-hmm. And Dallas overwhelmed the Suns from the three-point line in that seven-game series last year. If you look at the overall numbers, I think over the course of the seven games, they hit 32 more threes yeah. than the Suns did. And it's not just the three-for-two exchange. When your defense struggles to defend a three-point shooting team and they get hot, there's a demoralization that sets in defensively yeah. and can really swing. Yep. And that's one of the things we saw in Game 7. The Mavericks came out and got hot from three-point range, and I think it killed the spirit of the Suns on top of everything else that went wrong yeah. that day. Yeah. So I, I do agree with that, which is weird to say. Because you you do have a team with Devin Booker, who's a, a, a better than average three point shooter. Although um, his his regular season cap is at six, he can't get over six three pointers made. Kevin Durant is a wonderful three point shooter, but are you going to you know step him away from the you know, further away from the basket when he's been automatic from nineteen feet in yeah. this year? Yeah. I do b- uh, believe that 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 could be an issue moving forward. Yeah, and but that can be mitigated. By a guy like Terrence Ross, who has come in and Terrence Ross, you know, he had the injury and missed a couple games. Uh, since he's come back, I think he's kind of struggled to find his footing. He had the one good game at Footprint Center right after the trade was made, but he's a guy that can mitigate that because he can get hot from three-point yeah. range. Yeah, and then, then as Brian Windhorse uh, explained it, as we saw with our own eyes, the, the, the open guy, the fifth player on the floor, this is going to be where a lot is going to be settled. If, if the Suns can get somebody reliable on the court to make teams pay for shadowing and setting Sending a second guy over to Durant and Booker, making them make that extra pass to somebody not named Booker and Durant, and then giving him the shot, that's what teams are going to bank on. And so it's really going to come down to what percentage of those shots does that person need to make for this thing to get to the finish line? And 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 more to the point, how often does that person actually shoot the basketball? And so the, the, those are the things, really, the only things to me that are left that have to come with time. Yes. Everything else is a matter of, everything else, Kevin Durant just plops seamlessly down in this. He talked about this yesterday at practice, that he's he's had a lot of experience at this. There was um, a veteran TV guy who, who asked uh, KD, hey, isn't it hard having to, you know, move and find a place to live midway through the season? And uh, failing to realize that, that these elite superstars, they have people who will go find yeah, houses. It's not like they're they will calling bring them. you. They will bring you a pair of keys and say, here are your house keys. Mm-hmm. So okay. he's, not, he's not looking at the real estate benches no. on the side no. of the road? No, Should I call not. this realtor? No, he's he's imagine the injury report. Kevin Durant, uh, questionable tonight. He's packing. Yeah, he's I'm packing. packing. That, that doesn't right. My name right. is the Slim Reaper. Can yeah. you help me find a house? Is that on the bench on Zillow? Of course, when uh, it right. says John Morant is packing on the injury report, that oh, means something. Oh, come on now. What? So KD also said, yeah, Yesterday, he's in his personal chef's on the way out that he's eating a lot of Ocean 44. That's where he's going. Yeah. So he's kind of, yeah. Oh, I love Ocean uh-huh. 44. Apparently, so does KD. <laughs> um, and and it's just, he just seems, he just seems really chill and cool. It, it's, he, he's, he was very generous with his time with the media yesterday. There was no kind of like, all right, well, all right, I got to do this now. So it's, I, uh, this is really off to a great start. Think about if you're KD and you spent the whole summer summer sort of wanting to leave your team and wanting to go to a specific place sort of at the last minute you decided to stay and give it one more shot the one more shot 
was worse than you could have ever imagined. Yes. You got to the original place you wanted to go, and now you're undefeated with that new yeah. team, and everything's going well. Yeah. I, that's why it's happening. Your characterization, though, is a little off. It, 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 it wasn't worse than anyone thought at the time that it all went down. That's what made this thing so weird. The Nets actually, before Kevin Durant got hurt, was they were playing very well, and... and but he still had to deal with all the Kyrie Irving off-the-court that, nonsense. That's the, that's the wild card in all of this, was Kyrie finally saying, okay, pay me or, or trade me right now. And that that's uh, to me, that's what blew everything up. So, Well, plus yeah, all the but, distractions but listen, with argue, the— I'm not arguing with your point. I do think that this must have been very strange for him to be on the sidelines in one city and not have a goodbye game, not have any finality, to, and just— the, just like that, he's suddenly wearing a different uniform and playing basketball. Yeah. It's got to be very, very something, weird. To quote something he's never done before. Willy Wonka. Of at the course. end of Willy yeah. Wonka. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you know what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he ever wanted? He lived happily ever after. Wow. It's deep. There you go. Kevin Durant. That's why he's content and happy. I thought you were going to say he burped his way to the ceiling. No, that was different. <laughs> he drowned in a chocolate that, river. That was the reason why Charlie should have also been disqualified from the chocolate prize. But that's neither here nor there. Right. You got a lot of hot takes on Willie Walker. Yeah, oh, yeah. he sure does. <laughs> About one, the- one time I outed him for his vanity plate and he yelled at me on the air. Why'd you get a vanity plate if you didn't want anyone to know? <laughs> It's a it's a fine line to walk between wanting all the attention <laughs> and wanting not to know. I don't want my fans out there to say there he is. Get him, my fans. Jarrett, I'm not going to. I won't him. elaborate on any of the pertinent information, but I will say that any listener of our show that has seen <laughs> yeah. you on the road knows it's you, yes. based on two things. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Maybe three things. Yep. <laughs> You're probably a slow driver, huh? No, I'm a regular driver. You're a slow driver. I, think. I bet he's slow. I, I, I'm, I'm siding with Sarah on that. <laughs> not fair. Okay. A slow walker, yeah. slow driver. I don't know. I, he kind of strikes me as a, not a Bickley lead foot, even, but a lead foot. He doesn't even walk. He saunters. <laughs> I stride. No, I, you don't stride. You kind of strut. You, you, you kind of strut. You kind of yeah. saunter. Chest hair out. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're like a human peacock. <laughs> Say that less again. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm sorry, I love you. You said that. Yes. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, our weekly visit with the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, the Hall of Famer, Al McCoy. That is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Susan, CP3. Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Yeah, Sarah said we will be joined by Suns owner Matt Ishpia in about 15 minutes. But right now, it's time for our weekly conversation with the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, who joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Al, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Yes, uh, special big night, day. Big night tonight. Yeah, huh? yeah. It is a big night. We've been spending a lot of time just talking about what the atmosphere is going to be like. But uh, it, it's weird that this is so far into the season, Al, that there's there's bigger fish to fry. Uh, and, you know, the Suns have a, a championship in their mind. I wanted to get your perspective. Uh, the first three road games, Kevin Durant, everything looked so easy for him and for the team with him on the court. I wanted to get your thoughts. 
Well, he's that type of player, and he makes the game look easy. That's just the way he plays. And he's such a contributor. And obviously, he is fitting in just like a smooth glove uh, with Devin Booker, CP3, DeAndre Ayton, and the crew, so to speak. So uh, things are going well. But, uh, you know, the pressure's on. Let's get realistic about it. Uh, You're just about in the position of having to win every game to stay up with the race in this Western Conference for playoff spots. So winning is the thing, but uh, let's face it, it certainly looks as if the Suns are on the right track. No doubt about that. What do you make about the renewed buzz in town from Suns fans, from a guy who's seen everything with this franchise? Does Does it feel like the Suns fan base really feels like their luck may have finally changed for the better? Well, I think that's true. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times. It's still a Suns town. And when the Suns start to win, uh, everybody comes out of the woodwork. (laughs) And uh, it'll be exciting tonight, no question about it. And it'll be exciting the rest of the way. It's uh, The Suns have some areas you want to see them pick up on. I know that Coach Monty is trying to solidify that second unit. And that's going to be very, very important going down to the wire. Uh, but uh, they're on the right track, no question about it. Al McCoy, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings, as he is every week on uh, Wednesday mornings. Wanted to play Rewind a little bit with you, Al, too, and talk about uh, what was a fantastic basketball game on Sunday in Dallas. The Suns win that. Uh, Kevin Durant's fingerprints all over it. Devin Booker had a great game as well. But the scene at the end of the game with Devin Booker face-to-face with a very frustrated and defeated Luka Doncic, uh, what did you make of all that? Well, I'm not going to get into the officiating. We've talked about that enough. Uh, But uh, the Suns still don't get calls, and it gets frustrating. It's going to see if that continues on when you have a superstar uh, on your team. Uh, But, you know, Dodgers is just able to drive in and push off what should be an offensive foul. It's not called. That happens four or five times in a game. That's 15 points. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, Dantich was uh, upset that he didn't get that call at the end. He'd gotten him throughout the entire ball game. But it's a it's a good matchup. Uh, we know the coach of, of Dallas very very well. Jason Kidd had great playing times in the Suns' uniform, and he he knows how to play the Suns. And the Suns, uh, uh, we talked about solidifying that bench area, that second unit, which as I mentioned, I know Coach Monty certainly. Uh, trying to do, and uh, they have to do a better job defending the three. Uh, We know when that second unit of Dallas comes in, they're there to shoot three-pointers. And the Suns just all year have done done a real good job defensively defending the three-point shot. Uh, but now we're nitpicking, right? Right. Uh, but that, that's what happens when you have a good team. Yeah, and, and it seems to me the 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 laundry list of weaknesses. It's a, it's amazing how a player of Kevin Durant's caliber has kind of made a lot of those go away or seem less important. One of the things that is important is that that fifth guy in the court who's left open for the corner three make more than he miss. And, and Ish Wainwright was able to do that in Dallas. Your thoughts on, on that element of what this offense is going to look like is clearly teams are going to have to pick their poison with the Suns. Well, no question about it. And we knew that coming in, if the Suns were able to sign KD, that uh, they couldn't afford to double-team him. They couldn't afford to double-team Booker. And it would open up a lot of inside things for DeAndre Ayton. 
And I think we're seeing that uh, slow but sure in uh, particularly those games on the road. And I think we'll see it uh, every single game. Uh, the defense that the opposition now has to come up with for the Suns is a whole different ball game, And it couldn't be tougher uh, with the talent the Suns can put out on the floor now with Kevin Durant a- a- adding things with Booker and Aiton and CP3 and the rest of the crew. Al McCoy, our guest here on uh, Arizona Sports. The name came up. Ish Wainwright was the guy who was thrust into that role. Uh, Josh Okogie got a lot of open looks against Dallas. Allie couldn't connect, so Monty Williams rolled the dice in the second half with Ish Wainwright. A guy who we didn't even know if he was going to be on this team a couple weeks ago. He signs the deal leaning up against the basket stanchion, and then he gets thrown into a very high-profile situation. And not only has the guts to shoot the ball in, the, in that situation, Al, but make those shots. I mean, and well, he, he's a, yeah, he's such a great guy, and I think we're all so happy to see him on the team. His mom was at the game in Dallas, so it's made it even more special for him. But he's a competitor, and so is uh, so is Jo. And uh, if one of those aren't hitting their shots, Coach Monty has the opportunity to try the other one. There's depth on that bench now. As I mentioned, uh, getting the right player on the floor coming into that second unit is going to be very important. But there's depth there, and uh, Coach Monty has had some things to utilize. When you take a look at the Western Conference, too, it, it looks like, I, I don't know what it, where the Grizzlies are going to be a couple of weeks from now, but it looks like they've got some real issues on their hand with Ja Morant, and, and the Nuggets are going to have a ton of pressure to do something in the playoffs, especially if Nikola Jokic wins another MVP. That's going to kind of really raise the spotlight on them. Your, just your thoughts on, on, on how the landscape is shaping up around the Suns in the West. Well, I think you just have to keep winning. Uh, now that the, uh, the schedule and the season is coming down to the end, you just have to concentrate on winning every single game. And that's going to be what every team that has a chance to be in the playoffs is going to be thinking about. Uh, even the Sacramento team that's coming in uh, Friday, they've had a great year. They've surprised a lot of people. And everybody's going to be battling, going down to the wire. I think it's going to be one of the more exciting finishes, particularly in the West, uh, than maybe we've seen in, in quite a while. Yeah, totally agree with you, Al. Always great to talk to you, and oh, yeah. uh, we will talk again next week. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day. You too, Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Suns, Al about the Suns, every Wednesday morning. You can always text your thoughts about anything we've talked about this morning to the FanDuel text line. It's always open, and you do that by texting 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we'll continue our Suns discussion today, our first-ever discussion with the new owner of the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia, scheduled to join us straight ahead here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three and oh, since taking the court as a Phoenix Suns player. Hooker up the right side, finds Durant, open for three left wing. That's all net for KD. He's got 33. Averaging 26 points, seven boards, 3.7 assists in those three games. Oh, and this was a nice chef's kiss to Luka and the Mavs in Dallas Sunday, wasn't it? Here's a bounce pass from Durant to Ish Wainwright. KD gets it back with seven to shoot. Penetrates with a left-hand dribble. Stops from 15 and knocks it down on the left side. What a big shot for KD to put the Suns up to. 
26. Timeout Mavericks with 11 seconds left to go. Bickley and Murata talk KD's first home game with the Suns now. Yeah, it will be a huge night at Footprint Center tonight. Kevin Durant's first home game as a member of the Phoenix Suns. It is our pleasure for the uh, first time to welcome to this program on Bickley and Murata Mornings the uh, new owner of the Phoenix Suns, Matt Ishbia, kind enough to take some time out of his morning to join us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Matt, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Exciting exciting day here in Phoenix. Yeah, a little bit, I would say. It's been an exciting month. I mean, uh, I can't believe it's been a month since uh, you know your introductory press conference later that night. The deal gets swung with Kevin Durant. Can you just characterize what the last 30 days have been like for you? Well, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a dream come true to be part of the Phoenix, you know, community now, and, and and be able to be part of the Suns and the Mercury and just the Footprint Center in general, like all the great things out there. And you know, kind of been a whirlwind the last thirty days, and it's always been so welcoming out in the valley. I've loved it. And at the same time, you know, we we have a great team. I told you we had a great team at the press conference, and we I think we've been able to upgrade it a little bit and uh, bring in one of the best players of all time, along with the great players we already had. And so. Uh, Man, I'm excited. I, just like everyone else, I'm a fan like you guys. I'm excited to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Now, and you were part of the Kevin Durant debut press conference, which you guys decided to allow fans to attend, and it blew people's minds the kind of energy that was directed at Kevin Durant. What, what do you, what, how would you describe the vibe around this team from the fan base that you have now inherited? Man, it's unbelievable. You know, the, the, the fan base in Phoenix is second to none. And it's one of the things when I talked about it at my press conference that I was excited to be part of it. Like, I never thought that this team um, and this community would, would, would that the team would come for sale. And, and having the opportunity to, to be the, you know, the, like I say, the steward, really, the, the, you know, with the community for the Phoenix Suns and Mercury has been unbelievable. The fan base is off the charts excited, right? And that's not just from the Kevin Durant and, you know, Booker and all, Chris Paul, like all the great players, but just in general, they love basketball. You know, everyone talks about it, everyone's excited about it, and man, that's the kind of community I want to be a part of, and so I'm very lucky to be part of it with all of you guys. Matt Ishbia, new Suns owner, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. When the trade like this goes down, uh, as you know, it, it comes with pressure. You're getting one of the greatest players of all time, and a lot of people feel very comfortable saying, oh, it's championship or bust now for the Phoenix Suns. I would love to get your thought. As a guy who was very, very instrumental in making this deal happen for Kevin Durant, what are your thoughts on that subject this year and beyond well listen so um i'm not a big championship or bus kind of mind like i'm like I, we want to win short term we want to win long term we want to win all the time with that being said um the reality is this there's never going to be a year that i'm not trying to win and we're going to try to win and we want to be part of something that's a winning like i'm a fan first i want to win i, I want to cheer the team on and winning and so is it a failure if we don't win a championship i don't look at it like that however we ain't trying to do anything besides win a championship mm-hmm. all the time. And so we're going to be successful and we're going to compete. And getting Kevin Durant on our team gives us a better chance to win a championship this year than it maybe had before we had Kevin Durant. And at the same time, next year, we're going to figure out, okay, how do we you know, continue to move towards the championship aspirations all the time? And so I don't consider things failures. Like, I don't look at it as a risk either. I look at it as, like, this is the right thing to do at this time, and we're going to continue to try to win all the time. I told people at the press conference, like, fan experience, culture, community impact and winning. Those are the four things that are going to be the pillars of what we're trying to do in franchises, not only the Suns, but also the Mercury. And that starts the day I bought the team. Like it was, we're not slowing down. And so 
you know, I'm excited. I think we have a real great chance. But at the same time, you got to execute it on the floor, and things can happen. There's, a lot, there's 30 other teams that want to win also. We've had uh, we had Jerry Colangelo in studio here recently. I have not seen him as happy as he seemed um, in a long, long time. And I think a lot of that is is he he's very happy with you, and he's very happy that you reached out to him and and expressed some things to him and and involved him back in this process. Because I mean, this franchise is here because of him. Uh, your thoughts on reaching out to him uh, on not necessarily giving him an olive branch, but 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 making a connection with him. Well, it'd be completely silly if I didn't, right? Jerry Colangelo's a legend out there in, you know, in the Phoenix area. You know, he's responsible for bringing the team there. He owned the team. He's, I mean, USA Basketball. Jerry, so I got a chance to have lunch with him. I'm, I'm a fan, too. You know, I wanted to have lunch with him. I'm sitting there asking him questions like a kid, you know. And so I excited, I'm excited to have that relationship and build that relationship over time and, and use it as a resource. And so it'd be foolish if I didn't. And so I'm excited to reach out to him here and there. And he texts me or I text him or he'll call me. Like, That's great. And, and like, I, I do that with a lot of people. I've, I've, I'll reach out to people that have had success, like, I, I, you know, that in Phoenix or outside of Phoenix, in basketball, outside of basketball. I'm always learning. You know, I think I'm kind of young still, so I feel like I'm always <laughs> learning, trying to get better every day. And, and uh, I'm going to try to bring that type of mentality and culture. Like, we're trying to get better every day. And so why would I not reach out to one of the legends in the, in the Valley? Matt Ishbia, our guest here on Arizona Sports and Bickley and Murata Mornings. Kevin Durant has talked about how different this has been for him. He's, you know, he's, he switched teams before, but never during the course of the season, of course. Uh, not that you have anything to compare it to, but taking over ownership of an NBA franchise mid-season when there are big, lofty goals in place. What kind of challenges has, the, has that process provided to you and your team at this point, Matt? Well, you know, I think it's challenging any time to take over an NBA franchise or, you know, take over a new business to think of it that way. However, you know, hey, when, when else would you want to start? Like, I, I love it. I'm like, we'll get throw, r- thrown right into it. You know, the, the day I bought the team with, it was within a couple of days of the trade deadline, jumped in that. I got to spend a lot of great time with James Jones, who's a winner, and then got a chance to meet the players and the coaches. And then all of a sudden, the, the, business, the business teams, like, it's been great. And so, you know, I don't know what the right time. I've only done this once, but to me, it's been great. I'm happy to jump in in the middle of the season. Happy to figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, you kind of get thrown in quicker. It's not like a, you know, there's like it's not like a slow, you know, get involved. Like it was like thrown to the fire, jump in, roll your sleeves up, get in the weeds of the business, and I'm loving it. And so I'm I'm excited about it, and uh, and I think we're doing good things on on all four things that we talked about at the press conference and trying to move the franchises forward in a really positive way. Now, as my partner pointed out, I, I think you're probably the second best basketball player among the owners in the NBA behind that Jordan guy. Might be close between you and that Jordan guy. That's not a slight on you. We're giving him the edge a little bit, Matt. Uh, but the It's se- not close. <laughs> no, it's not. But you bring you bring real basketball knowledge to the job. So, so how do you, as the steward of this franchise, know when to back off and not be too involved and or meddle and share what you do know? Because, again, you've got a real basketball background. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a good point to understand. So I, I have a basketball background, nothing like that Jordan guy, obviously. But at the same time, we, I did win a national championship in college. We went to three final four. I've been around championship-type teams in basketball and then, again, in my business, my UW, my mortgage business, championship team. We're the number one mortgage company in America. And so I, I've been around that, and I've been, you know, different roles, sometimes the leader, sometimes the 15th guy on the team, right? And so I think I add value in that. However, with that being said, my job is to create a team, which means – 
a great general manager, a great CEO, a great chief marketing officer, a great coach, a great players, great people around me, and let them do what they do. Like, my job is not to be the best player, obviously, right? My job is not to be the best GM. My job is to be the best owner in sports or steward in sports, right? And so I understand my role. Everyone plays a role. doesn't mean I don't add value and ask questions, and maybe I can ask more intelligent questions than others. But the reality is, listen, I know I've got great people around me. My job is to build great people around me, give them all the resources and tools they need to be successful, and then help them win, help them be successful in their job, let them run. You and your basketball team obviously have a lot of people's attention. We saw it at the end of that Dallas game when Luca and and Devin Booker went nose to nose the way they did. Um, I can only imagine what some of your competitors, fellow owners in the NBA, think about this new upstart owner coming in and acquiring Kevin Durant on day one and what it would do to the industry if you were to win this thing in your first year, not even a full year on the job. Do you guys embrace all that? Do you like the ripples and the waves that that this basketball team is has has and is causing. You know, so I guess I don't focus too much on what everyone else says and thinks, but I, 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 I don't back down from any of that. Right. So first off, the owners, owners have been nothing but great. You know, they've been great people, friendly, helpful, excited, even after the trade. Like they've, they, they've been great. And so I don't feel that ripple there. However, what I'd say is this. I'm not afraid of crossing waves. We're going to do what's best for the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury all the time. What's best for our organization, what's best for our fans, what's best for our people that work there. And, you know, if other people don't like that, my job is not to make my competitors like me. My job <laughs> is to, you know, that, that's not the design of my business. My, my, my job is to, is to compete and win in every way possible. Respect politely and so whether it's NBA WNBA mortgage business like in the mortgage business I compete heavily and like my business is not designed to make my competitors happy however like in the NBA I've had none of that so far with other owners and obviously the players do their thing on the court but with owners they've been great to me and great so far across the board Matt Ishbia our guest uh, here on Bickley and Murata mornings before we let you go I want to ask you to put your, your fan hat on because we do know you have a basketball background and you are a fan of the sport and a student of the game. So I want to go back to, to young Matt Ishbia when you're watching a lot of NBA and looking at the Phoenix Suns of those years. I mean, who are some of the players? What are your, some of your memories of the Suns for, from that time frame? Man, I was a huge fan. So, you know, I'm a Pistons fan, bad boy, the bad boy era. And then right after that era, you know, seeing Barkley and Marley and the whole team, I'm not going to name all the names, but so many great players. And so I loved watching them. And as a Pistons fan, you know, we don't like the Bulls. And so I was cheering for the Suns. Like I lived in Phoenix back then in 92, 93, because, you know, us Pistons and Bulls don't get along. And so I was always cheering for the Suns. I loved watching the Suns and then seeing the the Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, like all that era. And then this era, you know, and, and by the way, and there's a lot of great errors in between as well. And so I've always admired the Phoenix Suns. I've always said Phoenix is like the, this destination of a city. And I've learned that now in my first couple months out here. Um, it's been unbelievable. And so I'm a big fan, just like all of you guys. You know, I, I listen to your guys' show. I read all the stuff out there. I'm, I'm, I'm like you guys. I'm excited to watch Kevin and Devin and Chris and DeAndre and the whole guy, all the guys play tonight. Like, I'll be at the game. I'm excited to just be part of it with everybody. All right, last question. I loved at the introductory press conference how you and your brother shared the anecdotes on how you were just so hell-bent on getting to the NBA and you were so convinced you were going to get there. You'd practice shooting over, I guess, cardboard cutouts that were eight <laughs> feet tall. To have finally made it to the NBA, maybe not as a player, but you're here now. What does this all feel like to you? 
Man, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like a dream come true, and then some, and then some, and then some. And think about, you know, pinch myself that I get a chance to be on a show with you guys and talk to fans and be a part of it. And I'm just embracing every moment of it. Um, I'm honored to be the steward of these organizations, be part of the Mercury, be part of the Suns, care about the arena, care about the city, be part of it. Like, it's a dream come true. It's even better than I could have ever imagined. I'm so lucky to be here, and I'm just honored. And I'm going to do my best to, to, do my, to, to, to deliver on everything I say. And the same time, I'm not going to be perfect, but I promise you, I care more than anybody out there. I'm going to care about every detail, and I'm just so lucky and honored to be in this situation. Well, thank awesome. you so much thank for you, uh, taking some time uh, to join the show. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks a lot. No, thanks for having me. Have a great day, guys. You too. Matt Ishbia, Suns uh, owner, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line for the uh, first time. We'll have some chance to reflect on that in the 9 o'clock hour.